Good morning. Man, uh, a couple of things before I forget. Um, Glenn and Salitha were here this morning. They are not now. Don't panic. Everything's good. They are uh, visiting with another church this morning um, for the purpose of doing some church plant stuff. So super excited about that. And we'll, we'll share some of those details with you guys as that, uh, that kind of rolls out. So um, also I want to let you know that Glenn will be preaching next week because I'm going to be gone this coming week to another conference for work. And so since I'm going to be out and it'll be difficult for me to study during the week, he's going he's to handle it next week. So um, if you're tired of hearing me preach, next Sunday is the Sunday to be here because it won't be me. I mean, I'll be here, so I don't say anything out loud because it'll hurt my feelings. Um, but, uh, but Glenn will be preaching next week. Um, also, um, before I forget, we are not going to have the Exodus class this week. I know it's been announcing on the slides this morning, and we have another slide this evening, but um, apparently Brittany has poisoned Russ. Um, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, but he's really, really sick and is at urgent care um, right now. So I texted him and was like, hey, do we need to postpone tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, that's a good call. Um, so no class tomorrow night. We'll just pick up the following Monday, so... Uh, anyway, that's a little bit of a bummer, but my week was also going to be full, so that's also going to make things a little bit easier on me. Um, if you would like a copy of the outline, um, Bethany's got a few copies of those. I did not hear back from Faith Life this week as to whether or not those, why they're not showing up in the app, but you can look, and if it's there, awesome. If it's not, sorry about that. Um, as we're getting started this morning, I want to I wanna make a clarification here, um, not that there necessarily needs to be one, but I just want us to be on the same page about something. As I'm talking in the past and in the future, when I talk about your call or your ministry, um, I don't want you to put that in a predefined box. I'm not talking about something specific for you necessarily because I don't know what God is doing in your life. When I'm talking about our call or our ministry, that can literally be anything that God has told you to do. Okay? It could be a lifelong thing. It could be um, just a today thing, something that God spoke to you this morning that you need to accomplish today. Uh, or it could be a year-long thing, something that God's saying, hey, this is coming in the future. You need to start preparing now. So uh, just as I, as I use, because I use the word call a lot, and I want you to understand what I mean by that. I don't want you to follow into a box of, oh, Will's talking about just people that are called to vocational ministry because that is not... Um, that is not an exclusive term for me, okay? So to kind of recap from last week, we talked about several different things. We looked at the story of um, Moses and God preparing him for ministry. We talked about how God humbles people before he prepares them for ministry. That is part of the preparation. We talked about how when Moses left Egypt after he had murdered the Egyptian, he spent 40 years in the wilderness being a shepherd. And so how he went from um, having the status of a prince to being the lowest form of a human being in the Egyptians' eyes. And God used that 40 years to purge pride out of his life. And we talk about the dangers of pride um, that we experience here in the church and in the world and, and the results of that. We talked about how God is going to do whatever is necessary to move pride out of our life. So whatever it's going to take for God to remove that pride, he's willing to do that. Okay, we talked about our need to come to the realization that we don't bring anything to the table in terms of being obedient to God other than our willingness to be obedient. Our, our, our gifts and our talents can be used by God, but, but God does not need those things from us because He is God. Okay? And then we talked about how God can't use us until we've been humbled. If we come to God saying, hey, I'm going to do what you call me to do, but we do it in a prideful way, God's going to say, no, you're not ready yet. And He's going to, again, work that humility into us. We talked about how God calls us in his timing that 
God waits until people are ready. He waits till you're ready. He waits till the people that, that he is sending you to are ready so that everything can happen as it needs. And that when we're ready, God is going to reveal his plans to us. And that as he does that, he's going to confirm that passion that's in us, the thing that we can't get rid of, that's typically from God. And he's going to confirm whether that's him or it's just something that you enjoy. And, and as part of that confirmation, he's going to propel you forward in, in that ministry or in that call. We talked about how God gives us specific instructions about where to go, who to go to as we obey him. And, and he, we see that God promises his presence to Moses. And this is really a, a big deal for Moses because he didn't have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have that advantage like we have. God to be, um, his presence to be in Moses and speaking through Moses was a massive deal for him. And it also is for us. We need to remember that as we obey our call, that it's the Holy Spirit that needs to be working out of us and not us doing it on our own. And then God provides, as he calls, he provides the things that we need in order to, to accomplish those goals. And we're going to touch on that some more today. Um, and then lastly, last week we talked about God's call is always bigger than something we can accomplish on our own. That God is always going to call us to something that we can't do on our own so that we don't think that we can uh, and so that we don't because in the end God wants the glory not us he doesn't want to make a name for me he wants to make a name for himself uh, Moses' call obviously was way bigger than him the things that God called him to do in terms of freeing the Egyptian or the people from Egypt uh, obviously was much bigger than him and that if we're willingly obedient to God it's going to be obvious to the people that we're living with the people that we're ministering to that it's God doing the work and not us, which is what we want in the end, okay? And that if we will be obedient to God, we're going to accomplish the goals he has for us because it's him doing the work and he always completes what he wants to do. So that was all of chapter 3 last week, was a lot. And so if you, if you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast because all, all of these messages are going to build because God is, is putting before us a theme uh, for us as a body, we, we've talked about a lot, I'm going to continue to say this probably every week, that as we study the book of Exodus, that we want to see ourselves as Moses, not as the Israelites, because God is leading us to set people free. So we're not the ones being freed. If you haven't been freed up yet, then we'll address that as well. But for us as a church, we are the ones that are going to free people, okay? Not because of anything that's good in us, but because of what God is doing. So, open up uh, Bibles. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 4 today. We're going to do verses 1 through 17. So this is going to be the miracles that God gives Moses to prove that he sent him, and then also the conversation that Moses and God have about the ministry that God's called him to. Okay? So we're going to jump off here in, uh, in verse 1. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even those two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile, 
and pour it on the ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go therefore, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He will speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, with which you shall do the signs. Okay, point number one. Out of this passage, we see very clearly, okay, God qualifies us for ministry, not our resumes. Most of the people that I went to college with do not work in the field of study that they studied in college. That's just kind of how the world works, okay? College is important. It's a really good time in our lives where we learn and mature and we develop. But I want to give you some ease here, okay? If you find yourself where your vocation is not what you studied in school, that's okay, all right? We talked a lot of last week about how God spent 40 years humbling Moses to get him to the place where he's able to completely trust in God's ability instead of his own, okay? We need to allow God to get us to a similar place where we come to an understanding that the things that we have within us, the things that we've learned, the abilities that we have, the talents we have, okay, is not all that is needed, okay? We need to trust in God's ability to do something great. I was talking with somebody last week who's applying for a job that they're not qualified for, but God told them to do it. I've found myself in similar places before. Where I've told you guys before, I design gas stations for living. I've had zero classes in design. I've had zero classes in how to use AutoCAD or a lot of the other software that I use, but God has called me to that and he's given me the opportunity to learn and he's blessed. There are times where I make sales and things that it, it's obvious that it's not me. It's God's work. And God wants to do that in your life as well. Okay? So, but it's scary to think about going into a position, into a call, into a ministry where you don't have a base knowledge. Okay? Just like Moses is afraid in our story. God is telling him to do this huge thing. And Moses naturally is afraid. But we see that God calms our fears by giving us the resources that we need to accomplish the work that he's given us. We need to understand that God's idea of what we need and our idea of what we need are vastly different. We think we know what we need, but we don't get to see the whole picture. We also don't have the resources available to us that God does. We have to ask God to increase our faith and allow Him to trust Him, allow us to trust Him. I used to have a pastor who used this analogy all the time um, on the football field. When you're making a play pass, the receiver leaves the line of scrimmage without the football, right? And you can't score a touchdown unless you're holding the football. And so he's running his route, trying to get to the place that he has been told to go. That's a plan, typically. And, the, and what he can't see is all the things that are going on behind him because he's running away from all the action, okay? But the quarterback who's holding the ball, whose job it is to pass to the receiver, can see everything. 
And even though the receiver may think that he's open, he can't see the guy over his left shoulder that's about to end his life if he catches that football. But the quarterback can see that. And he goes, nope, he's not ready yet. Our faith is, our journey of faith is like that. God's the one holding the football, and God has said, go here and do this thing. And a lot of times we have to take that journey, we have to go that route without knowing all the details and without having the thing that we think that we need in order to accomplish our goal, okay? This is where Moses finds himself. He says, God, this thing you've asked me to do, I'm not able to do this. God addresses Moses' fear with patience and with love, and he does the same with us. When God has called us to something, whether it's a job or a ministry, we might find ourselves going, God, this is really scary. And God says, that's okay, okay? Moses wanted evidence to present to the Israelites and to Pharaoh to prove that God had sent him. And for me, I think that's a very reasonable thing to ask of. I've told you guys before to speak on God's behalf is weighty for me because I don't want to mess that up. I don't want to tell you that God has said something that God hasn't said. And I think this is how Moses feels, okay? He's still very unsure of his ability to convince both Israel and Pharaoh that God is the one that's calling the shots. Even though God has the ability to speak through Moses in a way that's unmistakable, he still gave Moses tangible expressions of his power to share with the people that God had called him to. Now look, God may not give us the ability to turn the staff into a snake, okay? But God does speak to us. Okay? He's giving us, given us the gift of communicating in a way that we can share with people what we're experiencing in our lives, what God is doing in our lives. We talk about that a lot as we talk about the abiding cycle. Okay? As we abide, God reveals himself to us and gives us confidence in our call. God gave these signs to Moses to deepen his understanding of how powerful God was. Imagine that you had a magic stick that you could throw on the ground, become a snake, pick it back up again. Like, I would take that with me to work every day and just show people. Like, this is a cool thing. Look what I can do. Or look what God can do through me, right? Okay? God gives us the same kind of thing. God gives us experience after experience with him that builds up our confidence and gives us stories to share that, uh, so that others can see what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. That's why we talk about... The abiding cycle is so important for each of us that we, we do that daily because that is what builds our confidence. Every time we complete a round in the abiding cycle, our faith is stronger because of what we just experienced with God. Our continued pursuit of God is where we see those miracles of our lives happen. As we're pursuing God and God does what only God can do, that God-exclusive activity, those are our staff moments. Those are the moments where we go, wow, look what God just did. A great example of that I thought of this week because as I'm going through this, I'm saying, God, show me where you've done this in my life so that I can share this with the people. The, the one that immediately came to mind was when God told me that Bethany was going to be healed from cancer. I've shared that story with you guys a lot before. I went to God and said, hey, look, what do I do? God said, she's going to be all right. Tell people that. And she is. We're cancer free, okay? But that wouldn't have happened had I not been pursuing God. Had I not asked God the questions, the hard question of how do I need to prepare I wouldn't have had that experience. Major point number two. God's economy is not affected by our abilities or our lack of abilities. Look, God can't be any clearer about this issue. He addressed it in the text last week. He's addressing it again, okay? Whatever you think is an advantage in your life, it's not. But on the same side of, a, of that coin, or on the different side of the same coin, Whatever you think is a disadvantage in your life is not. 
God doesn't work in the same economy that we do. Whatever you think is holding you back from ministry or the job that God's called you to, it's not. It's not what you think it is. We see these amazing miracles that God's given Moses as a sign for him, to Israel, to Pharaoh, to prove that God is speaking and working. And, and what is Moses' response to that? God gives him these three incredible miracles to deepen his faith, to prove to the Israelites and prove to Pharaoh. And what's, what's Moses' response? He goes, oh, God, I don't speak well. Like, really? Like, this is the point where I wish that God would sometimes communicate through meme because I could see a lot of really good ones for this, okay? Really, Moses? I just gave you these three. Like, who else can do these things? I just gave this to you. And your response is to me, I don't, I don't speak well. It, to me, that just, it blows my mind, okay? But God is aware of Moses' concern about his speech. But God is completely unconcerned because God knows that he's bigger than that, okay? I love this response. God says, oh, your mouth doesn't work? Who made your mouth again? Oh, yeah, it was me, the guy who spoke things into being. You think I can't take care of that mouth problem that you have? I was, I was talking to Bethany this week as I was saying this. Like, I really wanted to know, like, what was this disability? Like, we know that Moses is, and this doesn't really matter in the end, but it's just fun to think about for me. Like, we know that in, in, in Moses, when he was born, like, Scripture talks about how beautiful he was, and he was a perfect child. Now, he would not have been able to speak at that point, so if it was a, um, you know, a speech issue, they wouldn't have known that yet. They could have still described him that way. But whether it was that, or I think he's a lot like me, he just wasn't very quick-witted, like, you know, if I get in an argument with you and you come back with a response really quick, like, I've got to think about that for a minute. I'm not going to be able to just fire on right back at you. If you didn't know that about me, I just gave you a leg up on our conversation, okay? So I don't know what it is, but regardless, Moses is, un- is, is unsure about himself. He lacks confidence in his own abilities, okay? But again, Moses is making it about himself. Now, as we talk about this, like, we look at that story and we go, God, that's so dumb, Moses. Why you got to act like that? Okay, but we do the same foolishness. We do the same thing, right? God, I, I can't do this thing because, and just finish that sentence with whatever excuse you've made. Okay, our excuses are not sufficient because God is author of all things. Our excuses aren't sufficient. Whatever we think, whatever we can come up with, whatever excuse there is, is null and void because God has the power. Just like he spoke things into existence to change anything about us that he needs to change in order for us to accomplish our goal. Our excuses aren't sufficient for the same reason that Moses' excuse wasn't sufficient. Let's keep things in perspective here too. I'm pretty sure that God has not told you or me to go free millions of people from slavery, right? Can I get a hand raised? Anybody's had that call? Okay, good. Melinda just raised her hand. We're going to talk later. Oh, that wasn't you raising your hand? Okay. Let's, let's just be honest. Let's keep things in perspective. Whatever that call is, and Paul raised his hand too, so you've got good company over there. I'm not going to let you get away with that. Whatever God's calls you to, it may seem like a huge deal, and it is, but it ain't as big as this, okay? Now, we need to be careful to not get ourselves in a place where we're comparing one another's call with each other, and it's like, well, that's not as hard as that one is, but let's be real, okay? We need to spend our time pursuing God for his plan rather than worrying about how unqualified we are to accomplish it. If we would put the same effort into pursuing God that we put into worrying, we'd be in a different place. We need to invest our time and our energy in what is productive. Our worry is always counterproductive. Now, some people may disagree with me, okay, and that's fine. But here's what I know from my own own experience. 
When I worry and I scheme and I make plans, they never work. Something falls apart. But when God makes a plan, he always accomplishes it. Instead of us racking our brains trying to figure out, you know, how to do something, how to accomplish what God's asking us to do, how about we get in the Word and we let God tell us how to accomplish the thing he's called us to. Our excuses about why we can't obey God are disobedience and nothing else. Our excuses are just disobedience. God is making it abundantly clear that we don't need to or can't bring anything to the table. And our excuses are typically just like Moses. There's something about us. They say, God, we say to God, God, I know you're asking me to do this, but I can't because. But whatever comes after that word because is irrelevant. We're just choosing to be disobedient. We, we make excuses about why we can't do something, and it isn't because we can't. It's because we won't. We don't want to. In verse 13, we see that Moses' excuses, excuses really boil down to the fact that he just didn't want to do it, right? In verse 13, he says, God, can you just send somebody else? Now we've gotten down to the heart of the matter. And in verse 14, we see that God becomes angry with Moses. And he's angry because of Moses' disobedience and his fear. Like, Moses, I, I've spent 40 years cultivating you, getting you ready for this. I've given you everything you need to accomplish it, and now you're going to tell me you don't want to do it. But look, I want to I point out something here. Moses' excuses are because of a lack of faith. But God did not give up on Moses because he lacked faith. And God is not going to give up on us because we lack faith. Because God is loving, instead of punishing Moses, he provides him with a ministry assistant. If you're still struggling with the idea of God's call for you, whatever that is, just know that you're in good company. I've struggled with my call over the years, okay? I was, I was remembering last night, whenever we first began to learn the abiding cycle and how that works, there was a period of my time where I kind of vapor locked. Like, I was so excited about being able to, to, um, to hear from God and do exactly what he says, but I got to a point where if, if I didn't know that God wanted me to do something, I just wouldn't do it. And my poor wife had to live with a husband who wouldn't make a decision about anything, right? Like, there was a period of time where nothing happened in our lives because I was scared to death of making the wrong decision. And all of that boiled down to a lack of faith on my part. I, I had a lack of faith in my ability to hear God, but also in God's ability to speak in a way that I could understand. I would ask of this of us. Instead of disobeying God, whether that is through idleness or fear or willful disobedience, Share with the people in your life group what's going on in your life, the things that you're struggling with, what you may think God is saying, okay? God has put you in that group for you to have those kind of conversations and to have a group of people around you that love you enough to not make fun of you, okay, well, maybe a little bit, but to walk with you through that hard stuff and pray with you. And, and here's what might happen is we're pursuing God together and I'm praying about a hard thing that God's called me to do in my life, God might speak to somebody else in my life group that he's calling them to assist me in that. Wouldn't that be incredible? Okay? God gives a clear vision of his call and the people that are needed to accomplish it. As we pursue the Lord, God is always going to be super clear about exactly what he's asking you to do. And he's going to tell you the people that are going to be needed to accomplish that. 
God's going to lay out the resources and the ways that we need to proceed as we follow him, just like he did for Moses. Even though Moses is lacking faith and is trying to find a way out, God still clearly has Moses in charge of this ministry. He does bring Aaron in, but we see that Moses is still going to be the one that's hearing directly from God. And God, it says in, in that last verse that, God, that Moses is going to be as God to Aaron, meaning that God's presence is going to speak to Moses, and then Moses is going to share with Aaron what they're supposed to do. And also notice that Moses is still the one carrying the stick. He's still the one that God has chosen for this call, okay? I think it's really important for us to see and understand that Moses wasn't absolved from the responsibility of leading just because God sent him help. When, you're in, when God has given you a call for your life, okay, if he's called you to a mission, you cannot give that away to someone else unless God speaks it. If God has called you to it, you are called to it, not somebody else. If you guys will remember our distinctives, one of them is that our ministry is always going to be grassroots. You'll never have an elder come to you and ask you to start a ministry, okay? The way it always works is you guys come to us as elders with a ministry that God has spoken to you, and we're going to pray with you, we're going to confirm that, that the Lord is speaking that, and then we're going to release you with that responsibility to go and be obedient to God's call. We're not going to take that away from you and sign it to somebody else, okay? The reason that we operate that way is because that's the way God has spoken for us to operate, okay? God asks the person that he wants to do the thing he wants done, okay? If he wanted Molly to do something, he's not going to just tell me to do it. He's going to talk to Molly. The same is going to be true for every one of you guys. I know that you guys have heard about the 80-20 rule that exists in most churches, the 80-20 rule is that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. The reason that that happens in a lot of churches is because there's a lot of little people who are saying, hey, we need to do all these things. And number one, most of them are not hearing from God. It's just a good idea that they've had. And number two, they're un unwilling to roll up their sleeves and do it themselves. And so the 20% of the people that are willing to get their hands dirty end up doing all the work. The reason that doesn't happen in the gathering place is because if you come to us and say, hey, I think this is something we should do, we're going to say, fantastic, get after it. Here you go, okay? If, you, if you've looked around, if you're fairly new here and you don't see a lot of programs going on, it's because God hadn't spoken it. Or he hasn't, somebody hasn't done it. I'm going to leave that lay. That's between you and God, all right? God gives both Moses and Aaron specific roles that they are to fulfill in order to accomplish God's purpose. God doesn't leave anything to chance in terms of what Moses' role is and what Aaron's role is. He's very clear with them, okay? He speaks to Moses and lays out the plan of Moses, all right, and relies on Moses to communicate that plan to Aaron. God doesn't circumvent Moses and go to Aaron and say, hey, I'm not going to tell Moses this, but this is what you're supposed to do. There's a clear order there that God has set in place, okay? He also tells Moses that when he's speaking um, everything to Moses, and then Moses has got to tell Aaron, all right, as you are trusting God and following in, obedi in obedience, He's going to tell you the people and the resources that are needed in order to fill the call he's got on you. There may be times where me or someone else will come to you and say, hey, I've been praying about doing this thing, and I feel like God's put you on my heart, okay? That's not a requirement for you to say, okay, I'll sign up. That's not a requirement for you to say, let me ask God about it, and I'll get back to you. 
That's going to be good for you and for that other person, okay? But each person must be obedient in order to fulfill God's call, okay? If Aaron had shown up and Moses was like, hey, look, this is what God's saying, and Aaron's like, nah, man, I, I got something to do for the next couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be busy. We just had a baby. It's crazy at the house right now, okay? That's not how it works, right? Everybody has to fulfill their role, okay? I'm going to do a little shameless plug right here for children's ministry because this fits in the text, Okay? Last week, we didn't have any kids in nursery. They were all in here because there's some needs there, okay? Now, I'm not putting pressure on you. Do not go and sign up because Will made you feel bad. Same thing with cleaning the church. Don't go sign up because Will made you feel bad. If your motivation is doing it because either it has to be done or because somebody pressured you into it, stop doing whatever it is. Only do what God calls you to do. And if each of us will commit to being obedient to God, we won't have needs here. We've struggled financially recently. But if all of us are giving the things that God has called us to give, there will be no need. And if, and if all of us are giving and there's still a need there, well, it's because God's working something out of us. And we're going to deal with that, whatever it is. But we all have to make sure that we're fulfilling our role by being obedient to what God has called us personally to do. And I can't, I can't and I will not hover over you and say, are you doing this thing God said? Are you doing this thing God said? That's not my role. That's the Holy Spirit's role. Each of us, as members of this body, must pursue God so that we will know what God has called us to, who God is calling to partake in what he's called us to do and what's supposed to happen. Let me, let me give you an example, okay? When I was a sophomore in high school, between my sophomore and junior year of, of uh, high school, God called me to youth ministry. Very clear call. If you hadn't heard that testimony before, I'd be happy to share it with you. Okay, but God spoke to me and said, you're going to be a youth pastor. I was super excited about it. From that point forward, that was in 1999, until I took over here as a lead teaching pastor, I'd been either pursuing or actively involved in youth ministry in some shape or form. Okay, and for 18 years of that, Bethany's been my ministry partner. We've been doing that together, so I didn't get to do it very long by myself. And God said, hey, you need some help. Let me hook you up. All right, we all know how that works. All right, and so Bethany and I have been doing this together for a long time. And then as we are here at this church and God begins to speak to me about being pastor here, I knew that some things about my life, my role in youth ministry was going to have to change. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know what that was going to be shaped like. But I knew that there was a void that was going to be there that needed to be filled. And so I just said, hey, God, look, I don't know what your plans are, but I know what you're speaking to me. And I know that there's going to be an emptiness here. Send somebody to do it. I prayed about that for over a year. One Sunday morning, church ends. Kyle bumps me, he's like, hey man, I need to talk to you real quick. He's like, all right, what's up, dude? He's like, man, look, God has been speaking to me that I need to be teaching on Wednesday nights. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. I've been asking God for that for a year, okay? The only reason, and now, by the way, Kyle teaches every other week. Bethany teaches every other week. It's awesome. Those kids, it's incredible on Wednesday nights. I'm excited for you guys to get to come. Um, each life group's going to come during the year and get to experience that. And it's incredible because they're changing those kids' lives. And all of that is happening because both of them said, hey, God, what do you want me to do? And God spoke and they obeyed. I didn't go to Kyle and say, hey Kyle, I feel like God is saying you're the guy. Because I didn't know. I didn't know who it was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Bethany and I had a system that worked really well. We've been doing it for a long time. But I prayed and said, God, what do you want to do with this? And Kyle is pursuing God every day. I know I'm picking on him a lot, but oh well. But God... God is working in Kyle's life too. And God said, hey, Kyle, I want you to do this thing. Now, I, I, I can't speak on Kyle's behalf, but I can imagine that might have been an awkward thing for him. 
right, to go, hey, I know you've been doing this thing, but God told me I'm going to do it now, okay? <laughs> was, that, was it awkward for you in that way? Yeah, all right. But I'm so excited he did because I've been asking God for that. And the only reason that that whole thing worked out and things are going the way they are right now is because I was pursuing the Lord and Kyle was pursuing the Lord and Bethany was pursuing the Lord and God put everything together. It provided exactly what we needed, when we needed it, and things are amazing because we're being obedient to God. It's not because I'm special. It's not because Kyle's special. It's not because Bethany's special. It's because we're choosing to obey. Okay? This is not a sermon about be like me and Kyle and Bethany. All right? Be obedient to God. Pursue Him daily and then obey what He tells you to do. Okay? God's going to provide what we need every time. But it requires that every one of us is seeking God on a daily basis and then obeying what He says. We have been called to an incredibly important task. You see it up here every week. Our, our tagline for this series is joining God to set people free. We sang songs this morning about our freedom, right? And I don't know about you, but I want to give that freedom away. I know what it, what it feels like to live under the law, to live in legalism. Glenn is at another church this morning because God has has been speaking to somebody about setting people free from dead religion. And I'm so excited about that because I know the difference it made in my life when I was freed from dead religion. That's the call that God has for us. There are people that are around us that are oppressed by the law and a lot of other things, and God has given us an opportunity to help them. I love when this happens. This morning I got up, opened up Blackaby. It's one of the ones I read regularly. Listen to this. This is out of Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 through 3. You can't, I couldn't have planned this any better. And it says in verse 2, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, sound familiar? Testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not. In verse 3, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Then Blackaby said this, God allows us to suffer difficulties and hardships for a purpose. God led the children of Israel to wander through the wilderness for 40 years in order to humble them and test them. When they refused to obey him, and enter the promised land, the Israelites revealed that they did not really know him. If they had, they would have had more faith. God spent the next 40 years testing their hearts of his people to see if they were prepared for his next assignments. Look, obedience is hard. It's so hard. It's hard because it requires faith. And it's a catch-22 because faith is produced as we follow God into hard things. But at some point in our life, we have to decide to be willing, willingly obedient to say, God, I'm, as David Platt says, and I love this, I'm going to write the blank check. Whatever it is that you are calling me to, no matter what the cost, I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to start today. The thing you've told me to do today, the hard thing that I'm been asked to do today, I'm going to do it. James uh, Chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 was also in Blackaby today. And it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. 
We have got to allow God to change our perspective on how we do life and give us the motivation and the faith and the ability to do hard things. Difficult tasks make us who we are. That's, what, that's how we got to where we are. But it's also going to be what makes us who God needs us to be. I shared with you guys last week that my goal for me in this Exodus study, and my goal for you is that when we get done with it and we look back on what we were like when we started and what we're like when we ended, that those are two different people. That there is a journey that's happened in our life over the course of this study that we wouldn't just sit here on Sunday mornings and listen to somebody preach and sing some songs and go home and live life like we always did. God's got way bigger plans for us. And I'm telling you by experience, when you do the hard things, God will blow your mind. And you will love it. In the middle of its hardness, you will love it. God has given us a clear vision here at TGP West of who we're supposed to be. We are called to set people free. Look, I thought about this week. I want to wrap up with this. I want to leave you with this thought. The story of Exodus isn't just a story about leaving a place. The story of Exodus is about leaving a place to go to somewhere better. To leave the place that we were in bondage and in slavery, because this, this is our story, and go to a place flowing with land, land flowing with milk and honey, to the best place. So as we think about this Exodus story, don't just think about what you're, what you're leaving behind. Think about where you're headed. God commissioned and empowered Moses with the purpose of freeing Israel and delivering them to the promised land. Last week I asked you to, to pray about and ask God, what is your call? What is your ministry that God has called you to? What is the vocation that you need to be in? And as you're considering those things, consider also, where are you now? Where are you going? But who is it in your life that God is calling you to take with you? Who, is the, who are the people in your life that are living under bondage? Think about how hard their life is. And think about the joy that they are going to experience and you are going to experience as you help them walk out of that bondage and into freedom. Look, we are not just living in the theoretical anymore. If you're, if you're thinking that our goal here was to just talk about these things and then walk away, you're mistaken. Because I, I can only speak for myself, but this is not theoretical. This is life. This is who we are. It's what God has called us to. This call from God, He has placed each of us here in this church for this purpose. We, we can't just sit and talk about it. We have to move forward. Last scripture I want to use today. Hebrews eleven eight through 13. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars in heaven and as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, 
But having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. What is God calling you to be faithful in? And are you willing to do the hard things even if you don't get to see it come to fruition? Are you willing to live by faith and do the hard things day in and day out? Knowing that you may never even see the results of it. You may not get that opportunity. Are you willing to do that? Our call is so much bigger than we are. And it's going to require every ounce of faith that we have. Listen, you may have long since given up on yourself. You may think God has given up on you. But He has not. He knows you better than you know yourself. Trust Him. Let Him do a work in your life. It's going to change your life and it's going to change the life of the people around you. Listen, every person in this room wants to be part of something that makes this world a better place. I believe that. Every one of you wants to be a part of something that will make this world better. This is it. This is what is lasting. This is what will change the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you for such a good word today that, that you will do all the work, that you will provide the resources that are necessary. God, that you are going to be the one that's going to empower us for ministry. It's not about us. It's not about what we can accomplish God, we don't even have to have all the faith that we need. God, you're even going to produce that in us. God, I know it's difficult and it's hard to think about doing life differently. And I know it's scary for me to consider changing my, my ways of doing things, of giving up control to you. But God, I know that those are necessary. And so God, I ask for myself and I ask for my brothers and sisters here, God, that you would stir in us a passion, a desire to be obedient to you and then give us everything we need to be able to do that. 